the Monkey Mind Podcast, your number one platform for athletes and mental health. Hosted by Danny Perez and Anthony Florentino. This is episode 65 featuring Tyler Bird. Tyler's a professional hockey player for the Orlando Solar Bears in the East Coast Hockey League and played his college hockey at Brown University. But before we get into the episode, we have a quick word from our sponsor. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Daily Dose CBD Inc. Daily Dose CBD Inc. creates full-spectrum CBD products ranging from tinctures, bombs, and dog treats. Research has shown that CBD has successful results in aiding in the following areas. Anti-inflammation, anxiety, PTSD, help with breaking addiction, neuroprotection, epilepsy, arthritis, chronic pain, and sleeping disorders. Daily Dose makes an extremely safe and effective product that we know you will love, enjoy, and benefit from. Daily Dose has given Monkey Mind listeners 15% off all their orders. Head over to DailyDoseCBDInc.com and use promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off your purchases. That's promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off all your orders at DailyDoseCBDInc.com. We got Tyler Bird on today. Welcome. Uh, I played with him in Greenville. That's where I met him. Um, when I was there, what was that, 2019 spring? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right for my college season and one of, you know, one of the many great guys over in that organization who took me in. And we were roommates and, um, yeah, I got to know him pretty well. So, yeah, Tyler, welcome on. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, if you could just introduce yourself, tell everybody who you are, where you play, where you're from, and your hockey journey so far. Yeah, so uh, I'm from Andover, Mass. Uh, just kind of grew up playing in, you know, the Massachusetts area and stuff like that. Um, played prep school, Kimball Union my senior year, and then went on to uh, play at Brown uh, after getting drafted to Columbus. And then uh, for four years at Brown, you know, met a lot of good guys there and, you know, friends to this day and had a, had a fun, uh, fun time and good hockey career there and all that. Um, kind of bounced around the coast my first year. I was on wheeling and got – Dish so Redding, then got traded to Greenville for like the last month, kind of bouncing around. And obviously, that's where we met. Um, and then my next year, I uh, played in Orlando. Um, got a call up to Syracuse um, right before I uh, played a couple games there before COVID ended, ended it all. And then uh, this year, the entire year uh, was in Orlando. So it was a pretty, uh, pretty good year. Um, kind of just been. Obviously, as you know, grinding through the, the coast journey and stuff like that, but it's been a blast. And uh, yeah, thanks again for having me on. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, kind of before we segue into the mental health aspect sort of things, um, just talk about your pro experience and kind of um, how that's been and um, moving around and this whole COVID year, just kind of overall how, how it's been going for you. Yeah, it's been awesome. You know, it was kind of a kind of a whirlwind my rookie year, but it, you know, looking back on it, I'm kind of thankful for it because it got, you know, I got to experience the league a lot and then, you know, meet a lot of guys that, you know, you normally wouldn't. Um, so you kind of have those friends for life um, and always staying in touch with them. Um, you just meet a lot of good people. You know, uh, I think uh, pro hockey uh, has a lot of good people in it. And, it's, you know, it's just nice to meet different people and um, share different experiences with. Um, this year was pretty crazy. It was long. Uh, I think there's only like 13 teams in the league you could play with, you know, fans and stuff like that. So it made it super competitive. And I thought the league was like at its best it's ever been in my three years there. Um, we ended up playing like a full 72 game season, which was, which was pretty crazy compared to like, you know, other pro leagues and colleges and stuff like that. So 
Um, it was definitely a grind. We had a really good team in Orlando and a lot of good players, a lot of AHL experience, even some NHL guys um, played a little bit with us. Uh, so it was good. It was uh, we ended up missing the playoffs like the last month, but uh, we had a really good team and it was, it was a fun year. Definitely a grind, but it was, uh, it was really good. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm sure it was a orth- unorthodox year, but it was good that you guys got set full 72 in and yeah, definitely. Uh, try to make it feel as normal as possible. But um, yeah, obviously segueing into the mental health piece, uh, you recently opened up about your struggles with mental health. And um, obviously, as you know, it's not an easy thing to, first of all, just go through and deal with, but to be able to get to the point where you're feeling comfortable enough to publicly speak about it. And um, yeah, I'm sure it was a liberating feeling just kind of getting that off your chest out there. And um, yeah, if you can just kind of talk about kind of the stuff you've gone through and um, yeah, just your, your struggles with mental health in general. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, like the mental health stuff really came, kind of came up. I don't know, maybe when I was like a junior and senior in college, like looking back now, I didn't really kind of understand it. I thought it was just normal things I was going through where I was being super anxious uh, at times or kind of feeling those, you know, depressive states that, uh, you know, people go through. And I just thought it was kind of, uh, I thought it was pretty standard um, only to kind of learn that, uh, you know, those were signs in the beginning. Looking back, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. I wish I had done some stuff earlier, but I, I would mm-hmm. say it like really took over actually when we had really met each other, which is pretty funny now looking back that you started this up and like, if I had known, like we could have opened up about it, probably yeah. it would have been a lot better, <laughs> but uh, definitely like, I think it was maybe like after I got traded for like the second time and I was like, what is going on? You know, I just had so many good friends in Reading and um, it was just, I think part of it was just like moving all around the country and stuff like that was really hard. Um, could hard on anyone, you know, and then just dealing with anxiety and stuff like that every day um just made it that much worse um and it was kind of then when I was like all right this isn't normal like I was getting to the point I'm like a pretty passionate person and pretty hardworking guy I think um that you can like attribute to on the ice and there were just days where I was like wow I don't even like literally want to get out of bed you know what I mean like it's just I don't want to talk to anyone I don't see anyone I just want to chill and just do my thing and just lay in bed on my phone all day and I've, I've never ever been like that so it was kind of the point where it's talking to my parents when I got home and I was like, listen, like, I don't know what this is like, but I need some help. And, uh, so that's when I kind of started talking to a therapist and I've been seeing them, uh, ever since kind of on and off. And this year definitely, uh, had to reconnect a little more than, um, I had, you know, hoped I'd kind of done it after my rookie year. So that was like 2019, the summer I'd done it like weekly or whatever, and was feeling pretty good. And then I think with COVID, uh, striking, I think, you know, for everyone obviously a really really tough time and kind of just being like locked in your house and stuff like that just doesn't you know it's not good for those anxieties and those depressive feelings so um this year was is definitely tough and I kind of you know in my mind did a poor job of taking care of myself and stuff like that um especially in the summer going into the season with you know so much unknowingness and whether it was going to be a season or not that really definitely affected me as it did a lot of guys I'm sure Um, and I would say, you know, for me, like the low point was, I think it was like, I think it was, well, no, it was new year's. So, um, I had been having these really depressive thoughts and for a while. And I think just really my girlfriend who has lived with me down in Orlando most of the year knew about it. Like even my closest buddies and teammates didn't know too much. And, you know, I just had an incident where on new year's Eve where, you know, I'd heard plans to, um, like hurt myself for lack of better terms um 
and it, it was like to a point where I, I kind of almost like blacked out and didn't know what was happening. And, um, you know, the next day it was like, like I couldn't believe I had finally gotten to that point, but it did, it got to, you know, the worst point you can possibly get to, um, when somebody's dealing with depression and stuff. So, um, you know, my girlfriend and my, my roommates, my you know best friends of the team, and even the coach, like we sat down and like decided at going into an inpatient hospital, uh, was going to be the best decision for me at that point. So, um, <laughs> literally just start 2021, 20, like I was in an inpatient hospital with other like mental health patients and stuff like that. A lot of which have been Baker acted, which means like, if you're threatened to hurt yourself, essentially you have to, you're forced to be in there. Um, I was in there for like four days and then, you know, uh, it was definitely an interesting experience. And, uh, I, I, uh, got out after that kind of continue on the season and continue to have struggles and have continued, you know, to work with my therapist and different, um, strategies that, you know, kind of help myself. Um, and it, like, it's definitely an everyday an everyday fight. Like some days are going to be really good. And some days like things just for some, whatever reason, aren't going to be right. But like, through medication therapy i'm just continuing to work on getting better and stuff like that so well i mean obviously as you know or at least i hope you know it's great that you're still here to you know just being around and having this conversation and that it didn't get to the you know that point where there's no turning back so obviously i hope you know that you're you know you're loved and it's happy to have you you know happy to have you here and around so um but before we kind of you know, unpack the rest of it. I kind of want to go back to like the start of it. You said it was your junior and senior year of college, correct? That you kind of noticed like the first early signs of it, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, what kind of, what, like what were those early signs that you started to notice and what were the triggers that um, were causing, you know, the flare-ups and anxiety and depression? Yeah, I think for me, it was before really reaching a depressive state. It was more like anxieties, but it, it'd be like, you know, small things that were, you, you know, you get so anxious about something that it actually like makes you um, not want to take action to whatever it is you have to do. You know what I mean? Like whether it be like a school assignment or something like that, something as simple as like doing a paper and I get extremely anxious about like, you know, finishing it on time or like, you know, having time to do the paper. And then it, it gets to the point where it's like, you can't even work. It's like, you're almost immobile mm-hmm. to, to take action on whatever you need to do. Um, so like, that was just, you know, I kind of think I attribute it to me, like for me, school was like never like the easiest thing. Um, I was just kind of always focused on hockey. So I think I kind of just attributed to me being like, you know, oh, I'm just being lazy or I'm, you know, procrastinating. But when it gets to the point where it's like, you can't even do anything because you're so anxious about something like that, that doesn't, shouldn't make you that anxious. Um, I think that's like kind of an early sign that, you know, there's something more that you need to do. Um, I think with my relationships too. Um, I think it's common for people to like always overthink things, but just relationships in general, you know, always an- overanalyzing um, how like a conversation with somebody goes or how like, whether it's like a significant other, just always kind of overthinking and being like, oh, did I say something wrong there? Do you know? So stuff like that is just um, little anxieties that kind of pile up and pile up to the point where it's like, now I'm like thinking about every single movement I make and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I think that's like some early signs. And then when you don't take care of it, it just kind of starts to affect every part of your life, in my opinion. Yeah, it's like you have a magnifying glass on every single move you make, every thought you have, um, which I think is a good thing. I think it's a powerful tool that people with anxiety have because it's like makes you more aware, more cognizant of of situations and makes you more empathetic. But 
I think it, when it gets to a point where it's the overanalyzation where it becomes paralyzing is when it becomes a problem. Um, and I can't even imagine what you went through. Just It's a privilege to go to Brown and play hockey there, but it's got to be so stressful to go to an Ivy League school and get that education and deal with the course load. And on top of that, being a Division One athlete is never easy as well. So I can't even imagine, you know, the stressors that that must have, you know, posed on you. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a good point too. Like, you know, my mom kind of has like this, not as bad, I would say, but same anxieties kind of. And we always talk about like, like being anxious is good because like it drives you to do things, you know, or it makes you kind of like a perfectionist in a good way. But sometimes you can overpower you a little bit. And that's when it's like, you have to take a step back and kind of heal those anxieties. And then in terms of like Brown, like I can't say enough good things about that place. Um, I loved everything about it. And I loved my teammates and everything like they're my best friends for life but there was definitely moments where I'm like you feel like you know there's so many smart people there and it's like man I really just don't like belong in these classes or I don't belong in this like student body so it kind of made it tough to like relate to people in your class I think like outside of you know my hockey team or athletes I guess essentially which kind of which definitely made school a little difficult sometimes because then that's what you're always thinking like man these kids think I'm idiots you know what I mean Mm -hmm. or whatever so that, that, that was definitely difficult for me at times. Um, and I think that definitely was a big stressor, you know, um, through my four years there. Yeah, no, I can only imagine, man. I'm trust me, you're preaching to the choir when it comes to school. I'm not a school guy by, yeah, for by sure. any means. I, there are times where I felt like I was struggling at Maine and I'm just like, I can't even imagine Brown. So yeah, right, right. I, I get it. <laughs> trust me. Um, yeah. And as far as, you know, just segue into your pro career, um, kind of talk about that experience and how, you know, your anxiety kind of, manifested there too I mean I I only played a year but I got a taste of you know the bouncing around and um, dealing with the business and professional side of things and um, you know you've been involved with it longer and um, it's obviously you know caused you to you know have flare-ups and anxiety so kind of talk about your experience there and um, yeah just what that was like and you know how you coped and things of that nature. Yeah I think like well you got it you know because you played in you know, for instance, the Navy ECHL, like, I think as a rookie, like a lot of people, guys don't understand that your, your contract really is just doesn't mean much. It's just a weekly contract. So mm-hmm. you can basically get released or trade at any time, um, which was kind of like shocking to me at first when, you know, when I first went to camp in Wheeling and guys who had signed in the summer were getting, you know, let go a week later. It's, you know, gives you that definitely anxiety feeling where it's like, wow, at any moment, like you could be out of a job and next thing you know, you're back home with your parents and stuff like that, looking for a place to play. So I think that in itself, like, like, I think you can talk to any rookie on a ECHL deal. You know, there's been times where like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be here next week, you know? So I think that for sure, uh, you know, gives guys a lot of anxiety, kind of, you know, the squeeze the stick a little more out on the ice and stuff and just be nervous. So like even just going to the rink every day and stuff like that, you're not really sure what your future holds. Um, so I guess so like the best advice, like I would give to like a rookie or anyone really to, uh, on, in that situation is just kind of like enjoy every day. And for me, the best thing I told myself was like a lot of things are just out of your control. You know what I mean? If guys get sent down or guys get called up, a lot of it's out of your control. So you can only do what you can do. So that's kind of, you know, the mindset I tried to take um, once I learned more about the league and stuff like that. And then as I became a little more established and stuff like that, um, there's obviously the, the pressures of, you know, you want to move up. You, all, you, you don't want to be stuck down in the ECHL forever. You want to move up. And everyone dreams, obviously, playing the NHL. But even until they got to the AHL to make, like, 
you know, a respectable living and to continue to play hockey because you can't do, you know, the job forever. And you just, you always want to want to move up. And um, sometimes there's guys that might be on better deals than you are that is frustrating. So that's just kind of been like my experience, you know, through my first three years and stuff like that. It's, it's been all positive for the most part, but there's definitely some, some tough moments that you've you got to learn along the way. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, from my experience, um, I can relate to that. Just like the underpreparedness that I had going into my first season, not from a hockey standpoint, but just from like the business side, like right. being protected and qualified after having such a strong start to my pro career in those four games I was with you in Green Yeah, oh yeah. I didn't like, I didn't realize that your contract is written on toilet paper (laughs) (laughs) until you show up to camp and there's like, it's like the cat first day doesn't even count. It's like captain's practice with the first day in Greenville. It was like, and there's like five, six guys sent down like AHL and NHL deals already before camp even starts. Right. Yeah. It's like, where do I fit in here? And then you realize you actually never fit in there. So so you're like, like, you're not even like, you're not even like, I'm not, you're not even worried about making the lineup. Like you're just hoping you get put on the IR, like a fake injury or something. Exactly. Exactly. I was like, you you said at least throw me in the IR for like the first couple of games kind of thing. Yeah. That that's like the part that I didn't really understand. because like, I didn't have an agent that prepared me at all. Like he was so like, just distant so that kind of I, I totally understand what you're saying in that aspect of like you know gripping the stick and scratching and clawing and like trying to figure out your way and um that part's tough and I think you know I don't think that part of the game is ever going to change and that's fine like it, yeah. is, it is what it is but if they can prepare guys for that a little bit better so that way you're not showing up to camp after being told all season that you're going to be in that organization and then three days in you're back in New Jersey trying to figure out what your plan yeah, is you know what I mean sure. And it's the worst too, because you gotta like, you know, you talk to like your coach and like, oh yeah, like you're gonna be like a power play guy. Yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, like you're like you're not even you don't even have a stall in the locker room. So exactly. it's like stuff like that. It's just you know, it's definitely important for guys to understand. It's in that situation, the ECHL, where how like like literally nothing your contract means, you know? So I wish I understood that going in definitely for sure. Yeah, no, it's, uh, and that's why I'm, I'm happy that you're able to kind of speak on this and I hope people listen and guys yeah. coming out of college to understand. I mean, I was talking to a guy coming out of college, um, yesterday in a, in a summer league game. And, uh, I was just like, yeah, like he's like, told me flat out. He's like, I know nothing about pro hockey. And I'm like, well, you better start to learn because yeah, like, yeah, you better start asking questions. yeah that way you're not like shocked come day one about like, you know, stuff happening to you or other guys and like, like what's going on here. Cause right, right. I think a lot of guys, mostly out of college, I think um, are underprepared. I think guys coming from major junior kind of a better idea for sure. Yeah. Um, but the guys coming out of college definitely don't. And that, you know, I know we could go on for this for days, but at the end of the day, it does have an impact on people's mental health. Cause you give a guy like both of us who thinks that you're going to be in a situation all summer. And then three days into that situation, you're back home with your parents. And that's like pretty scary feeling you know yeah for for sure definitely and like even this year like obviously with less teams you know some of the top guys from other teams were playing um in the league that you know they would normally normally there's 26 27 teams now there's 13 so I think guys this year I I, at least that I thought were in Orlando were getting released and stuff like that right out of camp who would have easily made a coach team you know um in years prior so it's like it sucks you know what I mean but it mm-hmm. kind of is what it is. And like, like you said, I don't think it's going to change either, mm-hmm. but I think the more prepared you can be, the better you can like challenge yourself and just prepare yourself mentally for it all. Exactly. And like you said, for like those, you know, controlling what you can control, just having that mindset going in that, Hey, like I'm going to put my best foot forward and um, 
kind of whatever happens, happens and controlling what you can control. And that's the best you can do. Otherwise, you know, going in with heavy expectations of certain things, it's, is dangerous. And, you know, when that gets derailed, you have to quickly change your mindset. So I think if you just go in with an open mind and I think you're a little more prepared for those situations that can arise. Yeah. Um, I don't, huh? uh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously you opened up to us here on about, you know, your event on new year's and, you know, kind of, you know, the care that you were in after that, if you can just kind of talk, you know, more about that experience. And um, I mean, I know what it's like to have pretty, dark thoughts and um i can relate to the you know the wanting to act on them but never luckily never taking it that far but i know how dark it gets man like i'm i'm sorry that you know got to that point for you but um yeah if you can just kind of talk more about that situation and kind of what happened after and obviously you know seems like you're doing better now how, how you're doing now yeah um like the night like honestly like obviously it's new year so while alcohol was involved so it's like in terms of like that like I don't remember too much um partially too because I had you know I kind of suffer from like when I get into these states like it's like an emotional blackout almost and a lot of times I don't even remember what I'll say until I'm like oh somebody tells me the next day or whatever yep um so that was definitely um you know it's scary because that that was like the first time that's ever happened to me Mm -hmm. and um I think like after that you kind of realize like how like much people care about you obviously you know people love you and care about you your guys on your team are your best friends and all that but they're like when you see how concerned they are it almost like makes you want to like uh push me even harder and like I honestly can't think like my like I don't know if I'd be here today like without my girlfriend like she's um but the most supportive person like in the world and um I think a lot of people like don't realize how supportive the people are around you you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um they were a lot of guys would really do anything for you. And I think that's important to know, um, in terms of, you know, the few days after the incident going into inpatient, um, hospitalization, um, it's definitely like, it's definitely, for me, it was a bit scary at first. Um, you know, you're in a place with at that point, like 20 other people who are probably going through the same thing as you and kind of come from all walks of life really. Um, And, you know, there's no cell phones, there's no, like, there's, you have, there's like a TV, like in the main room, like in the living room, and you kind of like, you sleep in like a, a bed where they check on you every 15 minutes, like throughout the night, um, with like your door open and everything. There's always people watching you and stuff like that to make sure like you're being taken care of. Uh, a lot of group, like there's a lot of group therapy, um, done like throughout the day, just different, just different types of therapy. Um, and then you meet with a doctor, I think. We know the doctor, like the head therapist twice, uh, twice a day as well to kind of go over your progress. And for a lot of people, it's just like some people stay like up to a month. And then for me, I was up in there for like four days. And it's kind of like, as I found out, kind of like a reset button. And for me, it was like a wake up call. But for other people, it might be um, more helpful with the therapeutic uh, side of it, because, you know, a lot of people don't have access to that outside of that. Um, So, yeah, you're eating with the same people every day um, doing the therapies and it's just like, it's definitely a different environment for sure. Um, like I said, I was a little scared at first and was excited when I got to go home and like, it felt like a long four days, but I think it was necessary for me for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I'm happy that you're able to give that insight because a lot of people don't know what that is like, but Mm -hmm. I think if you're at a point where you really are feel feeling backed into a corner, 
it's not a bad option. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you can attest to that too. I mean, when I was in Macon, there were times where I like was so such a dark place. I was like, I have to just check myself in or something. Right. But I was so scared because I never knew anybody or never knew what that experience was like. I thought I was going to put in a straitjack and like be locked away forever and like be labeled. Yeah. So yeah, I'm happy sure. that you're kind of clear in the air on that too, for not just for me, but for everybody else listening. Um, Cause I, yeah, I was pretty scared too. Like when I, especially when I like first time in the facility, cause I, I, you know, not really, but I did like basically my, the guys on my team, my girlfriend and my coach were like, Hey, like, we think it's your best and your best option to go to, you know, go inpatient. I don't think anyone really knew like what it was, but I was like, all right, I guess I'll, if these are, if these were the guys, you know, who love and care about me the most, like think I should do them. Um, I think I should do it. And, um, like it was scary for sure, but, um, like there's, there's nothing to be scared of, I guess, if I had to tell somebody, you know, and you're with a lot of other people might be a lot different than you and stuff, but mm struggling with the same things so exactly no and it's it's normal to struggle with these things um, we try and reiterate that here all the time it's just some people struggle with them more than others and um some people need to you know pay more attention to it than others but it doesn't make you any different or worse than the next person and um just happy to have you here and be able to you know be on a positive side of it um and you know if you can kind of talk about the coping mechanisms that you developed and um you know kind of the tools that you learn to get your mind back on track and get in a positive state um, that you utilize on a day-to-day basis or when you're kind of getting in a negative thought loop or whatever the case is. Yeah. One thing for me is just like kind of staying mindful of where you are, like wherever you are in that moment, um, not getting, letting myself get too um, ahead of things, whether it be like worried about, I don't know, anything down the road, like hockey season or monetary things or anything like that so kind of staying mindful and enjoying the present and finding like little enjoyments um throughout the day that I normally wouldn't whether it's like getting just walking um you know walking down like where I live to get a coffee or you know um just like putting on an episode of on something on Netflix that you know where you instead of just being like mindless and staring at a tv screen kind of like actually enjoying it um Mm -hmm. stuff like that and taking little moments to enjoy um for me like journaling is one thing I've done on and off and like whenever I kind of find myself getting into like a a bad state of mind like I try to get back into like a more regimented like script of journaling and stuff like that and it could literally be anything just like how I'm feeling that day like what's bothering me and kind of just like it sounds weird and sounds like I thought it was weird too and wouldn't work but just kind of writing your thoughts down can be really helpful um like I suggest actually um my girlfriend recommended it to you. Like it's called the uh, five minute journal um, you can buy. And it's just literally like, it takes five minutes a day. You start your morning and your night with it. Just like three things you're grateful for, like what will make today great. And then ends with like some, like writing down what happened today that was good. And like, what can make tomorrow better stuff like that's like really helpful. Just kind of being like, um, you know, thankful for stuff that happens to you each day, even if it's just like a normal boring day and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of trying to find the little enjoyments. And I guess like, obviously therapy, I do therapy once a week, um, which has been really helpful. Um, finding a good therapist that you trust is, uh, like extremely important. If you have that ability to, I know it's really hard sometimes, but it seems like there's a lot more options out there now, um, online and it's becoming a lot more affordable and stuff. And then kind of for me, finding not, it does not for everybody, but like finding the right medication that works for you. And it's kind of like, it takes a little bit to find that 
um, medication, but like once you do, it's definitely super helpful. And I think that's a side that like people kind of get scared of because it's like, oh, you know, medication, you know, fix your problems. And like people are scared of side effects, but like I saw like a good thing, like the side effects of, you know, being depressed and anxious are much worse than a side effect of like any pill. So I think mm-hmm. um, stuff like that is, is definitely important. And if you're in that state with the right recommendation, like medication can be helpful too. Yeah, no, I'm happy that you mentioned the journaling and the uh, gratitude um, journaling as well, because um, posts on our Instagram actually signs shows that 21 days straight of writing down three things that you're grateful for rewires your brain for happiness. So there is scientific evidence behind that stuff. I'm happy that you found that helpful and useful. And um, I think a big part with journaling is just being able to take your thoughts out of your head and put them on paper and make them sort of like a tangible object Right, works wonders, you know, and yeah. Just being able to kind of slow down. I know like when you're anxious and in a depressive state, your mind kind of just rambling, going a thousand miles a minute. So being able to kind of slow down and like you said, appreciate, go for walks and appreciate the little things that you're doing, I think is huge. So I'm happy that you mentioned um, mentioned those things. I'm happy that you found, you know, a lot of things that work for you, the medication and therapy. And I think therapy's huge and mm-hmm. not a lot of people give it a shot, but I'm happy that you're able to, you know, attest to the wonders that it can you know can bring your life right yeah definitely for sure um yeah I mean like I I think for me too like I guess my biggest thing is like if I'm not feeling good or not something's going on like I always try to just like no, don't sit and do nothing about it you know don't just sit and stew uh like in your bed or on a couch and just do nothing like just maybe it's going to like like you said, go for a walk or journal it or like go for, get a workout in or something like that. But I think the worst thing you can do is just kind of sit and try to let it go away on its own. Like a lot of these things you have to take action on, you know? Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, you're saying a lot of important things and things that are super beneficial. So I'm happy that you're saying all this is great. Um, Yeah, man. I I mean, we don't want to take up too much of your time, but if kind of just to cap things off here, um, if you had, you know, one thing or a couple things to say to somebody going through a rough time or um, someone going through the same things that you're going through or have gone through or potentially will go through, what's a piece of advice that you'd want them to know um, or your old self to know? I think, uh, I think for me, it'd be like to not be ashamed of like what you're going through. Cause I, 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 you know, I wrote this like in my Instagram post, like a while, I think a while ago, like, like, I think one day, hopefully, like, therapy, like, mental health therapy will just become, like, a very normal thing where it can, it's part of, like, a normal doctor's office. Like, it's like if you, like, injure your leg or something like that, like, you go get it fixed. Like, if your brain isn't, like, working the way it should be, like, you need to go, like, get it fixed. And these things, like, aren't going to go away on its own. And I've even forgotten that myself, like, plenty of times. You know what I mean? Like, I've started therapy. I've gone off of it. Um I've believed in journaling and then I've been like, no, I don't need that. You know what I mean? Or I've been lazy and like, you know what, this will go away on itself. It's like, it's definitely not going to fix itself. Like you have to take action on it yourself or it's going to be there and it's just going to get a lot worse. So I think taking action on it and then, you know, confiding in, in people that are close to you, like I'm lucky where I'm able to tell my parents and they're extremely supportive and, and like extremely helpful. And the same thing with my friends and my girlfriend and all that, like, so I think finding people that will, that will listen and help you take action. Cause it's also, it's not just with you. It's like kind of like a, sometimes it's like a team thing, you know, you need, you need the support of others. Mm-hmm. Um, so finding somebody that, you know, will, will be trustworthy and like 
who loves you and like cares about you deeply that will help you. So I think those are like my two biggest things I'd have to say. Yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head, man. I think those things are important. Um, letting that stuff fester in your head is never any good. And um, I'm happy that you were able to come on here and, you know, tell your story. And like I said, I think you've given a lot of great advice and just perspective on this whole subject. And um, I think this is going to definitely help a lot of people listening. And I'm just, like I said, super grateful that you're here to tell the story. So, Birdman, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. And uh, if you have any final comments, please feel free to, get those out there but you know otherwise thank you so much appreciate it yeah thanks man i really appreciate you having me on and like this is great and i think these importance are these talks are important and like hopefully you know it seems like mental health like talking about is going on an upward direction so hopefully it just keeps going with like little conversations like this yeah exactly and like you said earlier you never know who's going through it i mean me and birdman were roommates at the yeah. same time going through the same thing and never <laughs> said anything and now here yeah, we exactly. are years later talking about it so yeah just just open up, man. You'll get a good response more than half the time, like 90% yeah. of the time you will. So for sure. Um, but no, thanks again, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, man. Um.